Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. We're continuing our studies in the Old Testament book of Sirach, and today we're going to be talking about health and healing in Sirach. And I want to just give a short disclaimer that I'll be sharing some personal health stories, some health information, but the information in this broadcast is not intended to be any type of medical diagnosis or treatment recommendations. Anything that you contemplate doing for your health after listening to this show should be discussed first with your family physician. Let's start with what the book of Sirach says about the value of good health. This is from Sirach chapter 30, starting in verse 14. Better off is a poor man who is well and strong in constitution than a rich man who is severely afflicted in body. Health and soundness are better than all gold and a robust body than countless riches. There is no wealth better than health of body, and there is no gladness above joy of heart. It's very interesting in this book of wisdom, the book of Sirach, and this is practical wisdom for living in the world. I'm going to be doing two episodes on health and healing in Sirach, and we're going to see next time that Sirach is actually breaking new ground uh, regarding the Jewish view of physicians and healing. And, but Sirach starts with this value that uh, health and soundness of body are better than all gold. And really it is, because what good is a fat bank account if your health is in a serious, serious situation? Now, I've had some folks mention to me why do you on occasion speak about nutrition and health and this? What does that have to do with family life? Well, there's a tremendous value of health for family life. And I'll tell you where it comes in my motivations. I was 18 years old during my second semester in college, chatting in my dorm room with some friends and about Nine o'clock one night, I got a phone call that my father had died quite unexpectedly of a heart attack at 54 years old. Now, I have been blessed to live long enough to see all of my children through their teens, their college years, and most of them through their 20s. And based on my experiences as a dad, there were a lot of important conversations that I didn't have with my father. He died while I was still in college. Plus, he never got to meet my wife, Karen, who he would have loved, nor did he get to meet any of his grandchildren. So in case you're wondering, what is the value of good health, and particularly in the context of family life, there is no wealth better than health of body. Better off as a poor man who is well and strong in constitution than a rich man who is severely afflicted in body. Now, 
Here's a good question for you. When should you become proactive about your health? I am going to share a verse with you. In fact, the only thing you need to remember from this verse is one half of it, but it's the most important thing I'm going to say in this episode, and it comes from Sirach 18. By the way, there's some very valuable things about health and healing in Sirach that are scattered around. I've tried to pull them together for you. Sirach 18 and verse 19. Before you speak, learn. Well, that makes sense because if you're going to have something valuable to say, you got to learn first. And before you fall ill, take care of your health. When do, and I'll speak for myself or maybe speaking for guys or maybe speak for everybody listening, isn't it so often after we have a health scare, we want to get going as far as taking care of our health? Now, this is practical wisdom. It affects your life, and it does affect your family life. Sirach 18 and verse 19, before you fall ill, take care of your health. Now, we live in an age with incredible medical advances, medical equipment, uh, drugs galore, uh, great physician training. But in my experience, again, this is my perspective, this whole show is my perspective, but the best of doctors and the latest medicines and treatments and all so often are only either treating symptoms or maybe simply slowing the progression of a degenerate disease. In many ways, it's not really healing. And yet, I think many of us have fallen into the mindset that a handful of pills will restore our health. And if you've lived a few years, you realize that that often just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. And so if you're a parent, Sirach 18 and verse 19, the second half of the verse, before you fall ill, take care of your health. And if you're a father, especially, and why I say especially, a lot of times husbands die on average before their wives. So if you're a father, before you take ill, take care of your health. And what your goal is, uh, by paying attention to your health, you may or may not increase your lifespan, but what's commonly spoken of today is your health span, that you don't have to spend your remaining years with a degenerative disease, but you can increase your health span. So I'm going to try to make these two episodes on health and healing and Siroc practical. How can we do this to keep it practical? Well, one thing we're told to do for our health is exercise. Now, before you roll your eyes and you're like, oh yeah, we all know about exercising. Well, think of God created us not to sit around, really, uh, but to to work, to do things. God didn't put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden in lounge chairs. He told them to tend the garden, to work, to cultivate it. Now, they didn't have weeds, but they did exercise through their work. 
Now, if you're like me and many of you are, maybe your work has you sitting in a chair most of the day. We are just not created that way, so we should exercise. And here's my tip, if you want a tip, is find something that you enjoy or almost enjoy so that you keep it up. If you do something you just really hate doing, it's just not going to last. I'm sorry. And for me, and I'm just giving you my perspective, I don't care for indoor machines. I realize a lot of people use them for exercising. I really enjoy the outdoors. So the fact that I can be outdoors and exercising, you see, is kind of a plus for me because if I'm spending most of my day inside, I'm eager to get outside. I find it relaxing and enjoyable. And then if I combine it with exercise, it can just sweeten up the thing for me. All I'm saying is find what you enjoy and do that. For me, for almost three decades, it was it was running until my knees gave out. But when my children were little, I bought a tandem jogging cart. And as far as I can tell, I tried to compute this. Um, you know, when they were young and they were too young to ride their own bicycles, the older ones would ride their bicycles with me. I went jogging. But I spent time with my children in that jogging cart And I think I went as many miles as if I had run to California and back. And it wasn't that I was running 20 miles a day. That was like two or three miles a day. But uh, it was a time to get exercise. It was a time to get outdoors. And it was a time to get with my children. I loved all three of those things. And particularly the exercise was combined with things I enjoyed. So it was something I stuck with. Now, I ran into a problem when my knees weren't cooperating a whole lot. And I did something that I thought only crazy, crazy people did. In my mind, if you spent more than $99 for a bike at Walmart, you're out of your mind. And I did something I actually considered quite crazy, but my knees weren't working. I knew how to get serious about something. And people told me that, well, with people with bad knees, they get on the bike. So I spent $1,100 for a specialized road bike 30 years ago. And I can tell you, it is absolutely the best health investment I've ever made. And it's helped me reduce a lot of medical costs that otherwise people are engaging in. But uh, a bike just did wonders. Walking is a wonderful exercise. For me, um, I'd like something that kind of pushes me a bit because I like to get my head clear, just kind of work on exercising. But walking is a great way to exercise. And as you get older, I am told that weights are very important, weightlifting in addition to aerobic exercise. So we all know about exercise. Find something to do that you enjoy or at least significantly enjoy. Try to do it in a place or with people you really appreciate, and you'll stick with it a lot better. Diet, obviously, is really important, and there's so much to diet, and there's so much out there. I'm not going to try to tell you beyond those three quickies. Low on carbs, high in nutrients, and clean living water. But... Exercise is something you add to your life, but if you're going to maintain health, and again, I'm just trying to keep this practical, uh, 
you need to then lower things which erode your health, and specifically lowering your toxin load. We are surrounded in our offices, in our homes, even our cars, in our environment, uh, in our lawns. Um, don't get me started on lawns. One of my dogs got cancer, I think, by the herbicides that I was told were great to put on lawns and didn't hurt people. Well, it sure hurt my dog. But in any case, we're overloaded with toxins. And we have to be careful what we surround ourselves in. And because our bodies are being overcome by toxins so that they override our immune system. We can handle toxins um, to a certain degree, and then the contest wins on the side of the toxins. So what you want to do is lower those. I did two broadcast episodes, 182 and 183, with Dr. Anthony J. And, uh, and he talked about all the different types of toxins the A-list that we need to get out of our lives. And just just a, a PS when we're talking about reducing the toxin load is be very special, uh, careful what you put on your skin because what you put on your skin bypasses the filtering system God has put in your body and it goes directly into your bloodstream and then from there all around your body. So be careful what you put on your skin. And then there are what are called near-infrared saunas. Just mention this. Um, they are told to be a great help of getting rid of toxins. Uh, my advice is to take it very easy at first for all kinds of detox because it works surprisingly well. Now, I've gotten to this point, but I'd like to talk about what I consider. Again, this is just my perspective, uh, what I consider the very worst toxins of all threatening human health. And believe it or not, uh, this might surprise you, I believe that they are dental toxins. Um, now, you don't hear this a lot because if any dentist mentioned what I'm about to mention in some states in the United States, his dental license would be removed for even mentioning uh, what I'm about to say. But mercury amalgam fillings are hardly harmless. Did you know that if you put a mercury vapor meter over a mercury filling, it can detect toxic amounts of mercury vapor within 10 seconds? 10 seconds? Um, there are three excellent books on this because this is, this is a huge unrecognized cause of the loss of health. And unfortunately, I've read all three, you know, and after a while, they kind of mesh in your mind, and I'm at a loss to know which of the three to recommend first. But just one of the authors in all three books is Dr. Thomas Levy, L-E-V-Y. So if you put in Thomas Levy in Amazon and then go through these three books, the first is Uninformed Consent, The Hidden Dangers of Dental Care, 
and this is co-authored with Dr. Levy and Dr. Hal Huggins, who is a dentist and one of the fathers of modern holistic uh, dentistry, Uninformed Consent. The other one by Dr. Levy is entitled The Toxic Tooth, How a Root Canal Could Be Making You Sick, again, by that's Dr. Thomas Levy, and then a third one, Hidden Epidemics. Hear the subtitle, Oral Infections Cause Most Heart Attacks and Breast Cancers. Now, Dr. Levy is a board-certified cardiologist, and through his work with Dr. Hal Huggins, he discovered what's going on in the mouth can affect the heart. And it maybe it's something that was going on in the mouth or placed in the mouth years before the heart attack. So when a person has a heart attack, they go to the most recent history of the person as far as health history, and there's a big disconnect between a potential cause and effect. Now, one of the things that Dr. Levy mentions in this book, The Toxic Tooth, are the dangers of root canals. And there's something, I don't know how new it is, but it's the newest diagnostic tool in dentistry called 3D cone beam imaging. And this is just a layman's attempt to understand this. Normal dental x-rays are more like 2D, whereas this takes 600 pictures of your mouth and then the computer rearranges those and make a three, makes a 3D photo of your teeth. And it reveals many things that aren't seen on x-rays, namely infections. It can reveal infections that many x-rays totally miss. And since this discovery or use of 3D cone beam imaging, the rates of infectious teeth discovered are skyrocketing. Here's one testimony I read as a result of that 3D beam imaging. I had several 2D x-rays, which showed no issues of an infection whatsoever. The 3D revealed a much different picture, however, with infection down to the roots and in my jaw, in the bone. Well, guess what? Your radio host had his first 3D cone beam imaging uh, two weeks ago, and uh, I have two root canal teeth. So guess what the 3D cone beam imagery showed? Both are infected. I have two infected teeth that are continually releasing toxins into my bloodstream, and <laughs> they need to be treated. Okay, and uh, you, I've already mentioned the books, and if you need more info on the books, if, you, if you're driving or something, just write us at askthehost at gmail.com. But what you need to do to treat these or to have uh, mercury fillings removed, you need a biological dentist. You just don't yank them out with certain preventative measures to make sure this stuff doesn't spread through your body. They need to have special precautions in removing root canal teeth and mercury fillings, okay? Now, I'm just going to get started 
on Sirach chapter 38, because I'm going to break it down even further in next week's episode. But Sirach chapter 38 is perhaps one of the best chapters in the Bible regarding health and healing. And in fact, as I've already mentioned, it kind of breaks new ground regarding the view of medical care and physicians. And the only thing probably better are the healing chapters of Jesus in the New Testament. But let me begin by reading to you Sirach 38, what it says about health. Honor the physician with the honor due him, for the Lord created him. For healing comes from the Most High. The Lord created medicines from the earth, and a sensible man will not despise them. By them, he heals and takes away pain. The pharmacist makes of them a compound. His works will never be finished, and from him, health is upon the face of the earth. My son, when you are sick, do not be negligent, but pray to the Lord, and he will heal you. Give up your faults and direct your hands aright and cleanse your heart from all sin. And give the physician his place, for the Lord created him. Let him not leave you, for there is need of him. There is a time when success lies in the hands of physicians, for they too will pray to the Lord that he should grant them success in diagnosis and in healing for the sake of of preserving life. I'd like to share with you information from the United Bible Society's handbook. This is a, a handbook for those who are translating to the Bible into languages of various people groups and tribes around the world. And it mentions here that in Sirach chapter 28, 38, excuse me, Ben Sirah, the author of the book of Sirach, is breaking new ground for Jewish thought in recognizing the place for doctors. To begin with, a good bit of the Old Testament presents disease as a punishment for sin, and that's not always the case. And if you have a sickness, you are supposed to look to God and not to doctors. An example of this, probably one of the better examples, is found in 2 Chronicles. And not everybody's reading 2 Chronicles these days, but this is what happens in chapter 16. There is a king by the name of Asa in the Old Testament, and he really wasn't a good king. He made some faulty decisions, in fact, some wrong and even immoral decisions. And it says that in the 39th year of his reign— Asa was diseased in his feet. I don't know exactly what it was. And his disease became severe. Yet even in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but sought help from physicians. And Asa slept with his fathers, dying in the 41st year of his reign. So he suffered for a couple of years. But the point being, well, you know, he ended a bad life in a bad way. He went to the physicians and not to God, and then he died. This was just like the climax of a bad king's reign and life. And it, it gets some even worse <laughs> regarding the uh, 
uh, Old Testament Jewish view of physicians, there's a rabbinic source from the third century AD, it's in the Mishnah, that expressed the opinion that even the best doctors were destined for hell. And yet what happened in Ben Sira's age is that the type of what we would call today more modern medicine practiced by the Greek doctors were basically having a positive effect amongst the Israelites. And you really see the breakthrough right here in Sirach 38 with the, with the honored position that God gives to the physician and that those who are sick are supposed to recognize as a source of divine healing. It says God's created him. And even though the physician is an instrument in God's hands, it says in Sirach 38.2, healing comes from the Most High. What about medicines? And by the way, when we're talking about medicines, I sure hope you turn tune in next time, because what Sirach is talking about in medicines and what many medicines are today aren't exactly the same thing. But in any case, the Lord created medicines from the earth, and a sensible man will not despise them. And so health is available from God. We're to seek God. The physician is supposed to pray to God for his patient's healing. And the sick person is supposed to pray to God for healing, but it's not disconnected. Um, You know, we have hospitals with doctors and medicines, and then we have churches, but in the Hebrew worldview, this, this isn't something, a big disconnect. No, this is very, very much a part of a Jewish and Christian worldview. And so, this is something that we are to embrace in a balanced way, that uh, even there's a spiritual aspect because it says, give up your faults, uh, cleanse your heart from all sin. Yes, there's a connection between sin and sickness. It's called Genesis 3, original sin. With that, it was the beginning of sickness in the world, but it's not always attributable to specific sins. But if it is, why not confess your sins? Why not pray to the Lord for healing? And the great blessing of having a Christian doctor who will pray to the Lord for your healing in the same way. Next time, we're going to dig in deep to Sirach 38. Until then, I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 352 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.